Hello and welcome to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan and as always, Ben is beside me 800 miles away and I really want to make the same jokes I did before, but uh, anyway, a couple steps back. <laughs> we tried to record last night. The stars were just not aligned. We had the worst trouble ever, and now it's becoming one of those episodes where we're going to have to re-say the jokes we already talked about and pretend to laugh at them. But anyway, Ben is with me 800 miles away in the same studio. It's great to be here. Welcome to episode 48, This Month in Music History for September. Ben, how you doing, man? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's always great to have to record the same episode twice. The very next day. That's always fan freaking tastic. And we apologize for the lateness, but we're having (laughs) huge technical difficulties. And at that time, we're about to just chuck our mics across the room. And so we said we have to take the night off and regroup tomorrow. And to be honest, today we haven't started off on the best foot either. (laughs) (laughs) This is the third time we tried recording because I didn't have audio. And uh, oh, geez, (laughs) it was just it was just awful. But you know what? I really want to say that it's great to have you here at the broadcast desk with me. The desk is shiny, so shiny I can see (laughs) Ben's pimples on his cheeks. Mm. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Just just, (laughs) you have very clear, exfoliated skin. You look fantastic today. (laughs) Oh, oh, thanks, thanks. You you Uh, you remind me of Beyonce. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. (laughs) <laughs> you got nice legs. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more hairy than Beyonce. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know. I've never. I don't actually know. <laughs> you don't actually know. <laughs> All right. Episode forty-eight. This month of music history for September. We apologize for the lateness of the episode for one, as well as number two. We're already over halfway through September, and we're just getting to the music history now. But hey, at least it's uh, it's here. It's going to be done. It's going to be amazing. So we actually have to breeze through this episode because Ben did a disclaimer that he has to poop. So make sure you listen to this on times two. <laughs> make sure you listen to this on times two so Ben can go to the bathroom soon. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> what? No, look, you can't say something like that before we hit the record button and expect me not to say it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, all right. Well, then, uh, on that note, let's start this off here on September first, nineteen fifty-six. Jerry Lee Lewis uh, hoped to audition in front. Of You're messing me up. Sorry. In sorry. Front of- Jerry Lee Lewis hoped to audition in front of Sam Phillips in Memphis, Tennessee. Phillips was actually on vacation, so Lewis, at age nineteen, uh, ended up recording a few songs to Phillips um, to hear upon his return. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's just got to be weird to walk in there, expecting this to potentially be kind of like a big break for your, a big stepping stone for your career, you know. And you walk in there, and the guy you're supposed to be meeting with is actually on vacation. Right, and it's like, like oh great, like I <laughs> thanks mean, for wasting my that time. Would, that would just throw my mojo off when it's like I'm prepared and ready to do this, and it's like oh this guy's not even here, and it's uh. It's like those Austin Powers movies when uh, his dad never shows up. Daddy wasn't there um, <laughs> to clean my underwear. 
Can we have an Austin Powers special? I would like that. Dude. Where we just that like so quote funny. Austin Powers the entire show. I think my my most favorite thing about the Austin Powers movies is I think in the first one when he gets that little cart stuck sideways in the hallway <laughs> and just keeps on going back and forth. <laughs> I lose it every time. Um, I don't know. Like I also really really enjoy just the the character of Goldmember too. Oh, just that's the, true. the funny stuff that he says, like, can I paint as you who gold? <laughs> Smoking a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, boy. September, oh, boy. <laughs> September 2nd, down uh, back in 1970, 19-year-old Phil Collins auditions for Genesis after seeing an ad in Melody Maker, which we talked about this before when we recorded, but that one didn't actually get to be saved, <laughs> where we don't really see how bands advertise much for open positions anymore. Like, you don't see a drop-down menu on Craigslist of, hey, Journey is looking for a new drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and you know... um, a lot of this might be because there's there's a lot of bands out there right now that are big, but they don't have the big name that bands of the 60s, 70s, and even 80s had. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's hard to describe, but it's like there's big there's big groups now, but there's they just don't have their name in the spotlight 24/7 like say the Rolling Stones or Aerosmith or you know somebody like that or uh right. genesis for example for you know to go along with this <laughs> um you know where you don't you know you, you just don't see i guess the you, something like that you know if you need a new if you need somebody else i guess you need somebody else and you gotta advertise it somehow i don't know and, right. and you, the bands now they don't have the long running status that these older bands have either so maybe that's part of it i don't know but yeah you're right you don't you don't see you don't see ever on you know posted in the the newspaper or well the newspaper um (laughs) uh craigslist or something like that you don't see hey uh the black keys are looking for a new drummer or something you know you you just don't see that or like uh they actually put it on a bidding for ebay so people (laughs) have to bid just to get in i love it (laughs) that'd be kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wrapping up September 2nd, back in 1995, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opens in Cleveland, Ohio, paying homenitude to, if that's a word, to nope. our state. <laughs> Welcome to Young Nostalgia, the what do you podcast mean you live that in makes up words. What'd you say? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> <Okay>. So, <laughs> move. All right, moving on. We're getting hung up on a lot of stuff here. We're only on September 3rd. September 3rd, 1967, folk singer Woody Guthrie dies in New York City at the age of 52. Um, I don't really have anything else more to go on this other than that happened on August, or August, September 3rd, 1967. Truth. That is fact. No yes. alternative facts it, for that one. It happened. <laughs> yep. September 5th, 1946, Freddie Mercury of Queen was born, Frederick Farouk Balsara. And in 1957, September 5th, after three consecutive number one hits, Elvis buys his mother a pink 1955 Cadillac. Now, that's pretty influential. But with Freddie Mercury being born, 
I mean, you can't really mistake who Freddie Mercury became. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, no doubt. Um, I just always had. I mean, I've known it for. Uh, I maybe not would not be able to pull it out of my brain at a moment's notice, but uh, Frederick Farouk Balsara, Balsara, excuse me. Um, that's a mouthful right there. No wonder, you know, going by Freddie Mercury is so much easier to say. <laughs> right. 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 And like I um, I am so excited for the biopic to come out about Queen. Yeah, and you know what? Me too. I, I'm kind of torn on this. And <laughs> Okay, well going back, this is one of those things where we we had a really good conversation about it on the show yesterday. Um, and hopefully we can have another good conversation about it, even though we know what each other's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> um, I'm kind of torn on it because it seems like on subjects like this, it's really easy to, or for the writers and directors and anyone involved to take too many liberties in the production of something like this to where it's not really close i mean it's kind of it's one of those based on a true story kind of things to where it's kind of sort of right but they change a lot of it up but then on the other side of that there's also kind of a fine line between they get way too nitpicky on stuff and it turns into a documentary um you know and i'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a dork and I like to watch documentaries. But <laughs> for something like this, I don't want it to be in like that sort of setting. And I know it's not. I was using that as, as an example. But I just don't want it to be too technical and step by step. And I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of nervous that it's going to fall in one of those two categories instead of being a happy medium of entertainment and uh, factual. Right. I mean, I, I could totally see that. And a lot of times I do take a, take a little bit too many liberties when it comes to things like this. Um, but the way I think about it is that, like, I know who Queen is. I know their influential status and, like, what they did in the music industry. But, like, I don't know much about the behind the scenes. So just to be able to get a small little glimpse, yeah, maybe some things are a little bit more Hollywood-esque to make it more entertaining. But that's stuff that I never knew about in the first place. So I think I'm just going to be going into it with I love queen eyes rather than I don't know how this is going to turn out eyes. So that's how, how, how uh, I'm kind of looking into it. Yeah, and that's a good point. And I, I'll still end up watching it at some point. I'm not a huge movie person, so it you know it might take me a little while. Um, like, but I, I'm still interested in it. So, but I, I just, I do have that little bit of reservation in the back of my mind. Yeah, um, and I respect that. Also, I want to. <laughs> I was gonna say something earlier, but we got into talking about Freddie Mercury and Queen. Um, I just now noticed this, and I didn't notice it yesterday. All right, so in 1957, um, when Elvis buys his mother a pink 1955 Cadillac after three consecutive number hit number one hits. I just th- just now thought this was odd. He bought after th- three consecutive number one hits, which is uh, some pretty big paychecks coming in from that. Right. He buys his mom a two-year-old Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I understand that. Like, Love you, mom. <laughs> a Cadillac's a Cadillac, but 
I don't know. It just seems like Elvis of all people, who's he's going right to the dealership and getting it from the source, right? You know, I well, don't know. No, I actually, I what probably happened was it it was Elvis's Cadillac that he just handed down. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. It, I'm just the, kidding. The show I'm prep just... says buys his mother a pink Cadillac. <laughs> if the show don't prep always... says it, that's how it went. <laughs> don't always trust the show prep. <laughs> <laughs> We've never been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and pigs might fly out of my butt. Yeah, right. Well, don't do that because you try to hold some in. Ha, 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 poop jokes. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> All right, man. Woo, over 10 minutes long. We got we to gotta get rolling on this. Holy cow, we're not even like a third of the way through. <laughs> okay, September 6th, 1989, Neil Young wins Best Music Video at the MTV Music Awards for four... This note's for you, which was originally banned by the station, which is fantastic. Which is amazing. I know. Right. It's, it's like just... it, It's like Go typical ahead. Neil Young fashion to, to just like put, like read between the lines straight up in the air to the radio station. Like, uh, I love I, it. Especially I know. To, since talking about like Neil Young episodes back, you can just kind of see it come to fruition right here. <laughs> yeah. And... I also think it's funny because it's 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 a perfect example of MTV having to totally eat crow and uh you know like oh you know this is we we can't have this like there of course we're not going to put this on the station you know um <laughs> and then it's like oh boy this is actually a hit we're definitely going to have to acknowledge it now <laughs> <laughs> which Whoops. I think is fantastic okay. <laughs> I, I I totally agree. We can skip the next one if you want. Okay, <clears throat> go ahead. Take it's us into September seventh. All right, do it. September seventh, nineteen thirty-six. Buddy Holly was born. Charles Harden Holly, and Ben would actually really appreciate this. I thought um, this has to be into the show prep. Nineteen sixty-eight, September seventh. Led Zeppelin member. Led Zeppelin members performed together for the first time in Denmark, but under their previous name, the Yardbirds. So that that's a really cool fact. Um, you know, you hear a lot about how bands kind of evolved before they really became big. Um, like, just think of the Beatles. They were called the Journeymen, and they were wearing leather jackets. Like, <laughs> which I is don't so know, weird to think about. I right? It's like I I don't know. You know what Led Zeppelin as the Yardbirds, like what their sound or what they uh, portrayed themselves as. But it, I'm sure it's probably different than what Led Zeppelin ultimately became to be. Right, and and you know, the, as much of a Led Zeppelin fan as I am, <clears throat> I don't really know much about the Yardbirds. I might have heard something here and there, popped up on Pandora or on the radio or something like that, and maybe. Um, and it's just something I never took the time to look into and listen to, but I'm just curious as to what their potential change in their sound was. Because generally when you, if especially if it's the same group of guys, they don't change their name for no reason. Right. You know, it generally either they change their name to go along with a change in their sound or 
they change their sound to go along with a change in name. You know, one of the two follows the other, generally speaking. Um, and I'm just curious to I'm curious to know what that original sound was. I could be totally wrong, and maybe it was the same. They just decided the Yardbirds was a dumb name. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I, I don't know. Maybe I should I should look into that. Maybe we'll have a let's have a a nothing but Yardbirds episode. <laughs> it's just going to turn into, hey, this fact about the Yardbirds. Oh, hey, you remember this song about Led Zeppelin? Like that's a, they're like we're just going to draw, we're just going to draw conclusions out of, yeah, out of it. We're not going to be able to actually talk. It'd probably be a solid ten minute long episode. <laughs> right, right. The right. music would fade in, and then like three minutes of talking, and then it would start fading back out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so September 10th, 1991, NBC's The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air begins kicking off Will Smith's acting career. Um, I don't know, this is something that I've always... It's just kind of funny because it's one of those times where there's a celebrity who's really, really known for something, but it's actually not really the beginning of his career career. I mean, he's been in the music industry for quite a while at this point and was doing relatively well. Right. But now, since he's become, uh, since he was on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and subsequently, you know, top movie, top actor after that. I mean, that's this uh, a relatively small show. Um, it does have quite a big following, but um, it just was just a stepping stone into the the into the world of Hollywood and but he actually really wasn't all that new at the time I and mean, he was he'd been around for quite a while in the music industry um right and and I I think it's interesting because he can kind of draw parallels where it's like the career shifts in such a way like obviously he was he had two different passions at the time and I know he mm-hmm. still probably does dabbles a little bit in music but it's like you look at professional wrestling right the rock was like a professional wrestler and then now he is Dwayne Johnson top actor in these huge huge budget films and kind of you know you saw his career shift in that way oh yeah yeah definitely and it's it 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 has to be easier has to be there's no doubt that it's so much easier to move into a career in acting from another big name career like even if it's not anything to do with acting or, uh, excuse me, not anything to do with Hollywood because it is professional wrestling, so it is acting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, your name is already out there and your face is out there and people know who you are. Whether It might be a smaller percentage of people than, say, you know, who follow your movies and such. But, it, of course, it would be much easier, easier than you and I just trying to become actors. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the first time they look at my face, I think they'd give me a, <laughs> you know, star in the movie. But I don't know about <laughs> Bro, you. I, <laughs> you have a face oh, for radio, man. Oh my God, is that <laughs> what? Is that why we keep on getting poor connection on the video? Because it's like Nolan's too ugly for you to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got you real blurry and pixelated right now. <laughs> it, my, my, yeah, my iPad's just like I'm gonna save you from this. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, All right. Geez. So 
let's skip let, let's skip a few as we've kind of gone off the rails a little bit. Um, and the other ones that we don't have too much of a of a of a topic for. Um, we'll go down to September fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Elton John re-recorded Candle in the Wind with lyrics that pay tribute to the tragic death of Princess Diana, which um, actually went on to go and be one of the top-selling singles of all time. I mean, I think the song is beautiful, um, you know, and it, it kind of became, in a way, nothing really encompassed the sound, the feeling um, of how the world felt when this thing, you know, when the tragic event happened to Princess Di um, back then. Nothing really encompassed the feeling or, or like uh, the understanding um, that kind of swept over the over the world when this song released. I agree, and I I, I, re- I, I really like it that he took a song. He didn't like everyone does now when anything happens. They just write a new song and totally write it around a certain topic that's going on or just happened. Right. And he took a song that was already successful, already very well liked, and revamped it to fit this particular event. Now, I am, as always, sometime, somehow it's always me, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer and <laughs> say I do prefer the original version of the song. Um, that's not saying I don't like, you know, what he did with this uh, this re-release um for princess diana but i I do i do like the original a little bit better i no, i get i mean you know when i think when i think about it i think both versions are amazing i'm just happy that elton john still sung it you know what i mean like i would be i would kind of take a couple steps back if it was somebody else other than elton john that we reworded it and then sang it right right i mean well you take you take anything that's really good or is a good idea or anything like that, and then you have Elton John do it, and it's immediately like ten times better, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> Just by default, <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! It could be like the worst song known to man, and it could be a Bob Dylan song, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. Like, Bob Dylan fans out there are slamming the unsubscribe button. Um, <laughs> and Elton John could do it, and it would be fantastic. Right. I mean, you know, you know it was funny. I mean, we talked a little bit about the Rolling Stones um, when we were talking, you know, recorded earlier. But it's just, we, we were talking about how bands could be so good or like big i guess but like their lead singer is just trash sometimes like Mick Jagger <laughs> oh i don't gosh. necessarily find him as a very good singer <laughs> you know it's that's a a relatively common thing um you know there's obviously great musicians out there in bands and great uh singers but there's so many in these big bands that it's they're just how did you make it, you know? <laughs> right. Man, you know you got to think a lot of that a lot of that success is they took advantage of an opportunity or they had great marketing or any other variable that gets their name out there better like they're a well-known public figure or something like that. Right. Um, but you know, even just uh, 
talking about Mick Jagger, you think about, uh, I don't know, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to be taken as like heresy or something, but Jimi Hendrix wasn't, compared to other guitar players, he wasn't a fantastic guitar player. And, but it's what he did was so unique um, and so different at the time. That's why his name was so big. And I'm not slamming Jimmy. I like Jimi Hendrix. But as far as his overall guitar skills, there was plenty of other people that were better than him. He was just doing something different, and that's how he made a name for himself. Right. Um, just using him as an example. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you could see that across the spectrum, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just and it not like he wasn't skilled and he was a crappy guitar player by any means, but it's just little things here and there. He was just kind of sloppy on some things and uh, just wasn't as refined as maybe other people were. But yeah, and uh, you know, it's weird for us to talk about it because, like, who the heck are we to say? Because I can't tell you one chord from another chord when I pick up a guitar. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I can't really speak much either. I own several guitars and I am horrible. I am <laughs> not I can good. attest to that. I can <laughs> attest to that. I, <laughs> Thanks, I lived Nolan. with them. Thanks, Nolan. No. Okay, let's let's move on a little bit here. Let's skip down a little bit farther. We'll go to September 18th and uh, I'll be darn here is Jimi Hendrix. Um, in 19, September 18th, 1970, Jimi Hendrix dies in London. Oh, unfortunate. Um, it, the example I was making earlier, um, it was an example I probably had would have had in my brain anyway, but I also happened to look down and see Jimi Hendrix's name right there on the page and uh, kind of spawned an idea there. Um, unfortunately, I was... Making, I wasn't making fun of him, but I was kind of criticizing him immediately before sliding right into a uh, a point about him dying in London. <laughs> yeah, talk about Debbie Downer all the time. Huh? Yeah, no kidding. Okay, Negative also, Nancy. also on September eighteenth, nineteen eighty three. This time, Kiss appears on MTV without makeup on. Gasp, which is weird. I know. I wouldn't know what to think. I don't know if I could take him seriously anymore. Because <laughs> you can always take people seriously who are dressed up like that. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> because that happens so often. Right, right. <laughs> September 19th, 1981, Simon and Garfunkel reunite since 1970 perform in the New York to perform in the New York City's Central Park for over 400,000 fans. Now talk about such an influential and well-known group, Simon and Garfunkel, <laughs> and it kind of shook the music industry when they broke up. I mean, you know, Bridge Over Troubled Water, uh, Mrs. Robinson, you know, man, like Simon and Garfunkel, they're fantastic. Yeah, well, <laughs> you went a totally different what? direction than I was going to go with that. Because I was going to make fun of how, ooh, Simon and Garfunkel can get 400,000 fans. What? Is that what got you <laughs> laughing? Dude, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel are... Because I am not a Simon and Garfunkel fan. <laughs> really? No. Not even in the slightest. Okay, I'll give you that. I do... Mrs. Robinson is a catchy song and I like it. But I'm just not not a fan of Simon or Garfunkel or e- or either of them together. I'm just not 
not age. Dude, you went. I was gonna totally. I was just gonna swoop in and start ragging on him, and then dude, you started dude, talking you, him up real big, and I'm like, oh jeez. <laughs> you you would never <laughs> guess what I just saw out the window. What? <laughs> Subscribers. After you just said that. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess no, if we have a, a drop in downloads this week, you can directly <laughs> blame it. You can directly pin that on me. <laughs> no, no. All right, moving no, on. What moving I, on. I, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I respect your opinion, but uh, I personally do enjoy their enjoy their style and Michelle as well. I thought there was going to be like, well, I respect your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> I object to reality and substitute my own. <laughs> oh, it's like my favorite thing ever. All right, so September 20th. Ah, uh, oh crap, we don't have a we don't have a year on this one. Oops. Well, it happened on September 20th. Jim Morrison is sentenced to 6 months of hard labor in Miami and a $500 fine after he exposed himself during a show at the Dinner Key Auditorium in Coconut Grove. Florida. I think we've is, talked about this before. Yeah, I think you're right. We did uh Oh, it was nineteen seventy. I looked it up real quick. The marvels of internet. Uh <laughs> right. <laughs> um we did talk about it before and I can't remember why oh you know what? I bet it was on a different this month in history. We talked about the date when he did expose himself. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was from. We talked about, you know, when it actually happened, and now we're talking about when he got sentenced to hard labor. <laughs> I love it. I love the hard labor part. That's, like, such, that's, a, fantastic. that's such like a Doors thing. Like, oh, yeah, let's get all drunk and drugged up and flash everybody at a concert. That's a great idea. Right. My my only hope <laughs> is that he showed up to do the hard labor naked. uh oh i hope so i doubt it but i hope so (laughs) yeah i know all right uh september 24th 1993 drummer steven adler of guns and roses is awarded 2.5 million dollars for the band for being kicked out during um due to the ongoing heroin addiction so he was just given 2.5 million dollars um for being kicked out. They're pretty much just like, hey, you need to help yourself. And gave him $2.5 million. That is a heck of a severance pay. Yes. Well, I guess you look... <laughs> I don't... Oh, boy. If he was a... Uh, Where are you going with this? <laughs> had an ongoing heroin addiction, $2.5 million can buy so much heroin. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's where I was going with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no place good. No no place good at all. <laughs> Usually when Ben starts a sentence with oh boy, that means his mind is is 10 miles down the road when and he's already halfway there to saying it. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means cuz I've never heard that saying before. Me neither. I'm trying to coin it. What okay. do you think? Did it work? Uh, well, I mean, we are a gigantic podcast, so it might catch on. That's true. That's true. I would like to thank everyone out there, though, for helping us out. If you like us, give us a review on Apple iTunes. We'd like to hear from you. Um, We have gotten a few that maybe we'll point out at the end of this episode. 
Means yeah, that should be support. a thing though, anyway. too. Yeah, if you, uh, hey, record or record review, and we'll throw it out there. So don't say anything dumb because we're gonna read it. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> All right, <laughs> go ahead, man. All What's right, on September twenty fifth. 1964, Brian Epstein turns down a 3.5 million pound bid to sell his management of the Beatles. And that's 3.5 million pounds, so I don't really know what that is. That could be like $1 or $3 million. I don't know. I I would say it's probably around $3 million because I think the U.S. dollar was valued more back then. Well, now it's kind of even. Yeah, I... I wouldn't have the faintest idea. It's but anyway, none, none like of that who, stuff makes sense. Who knew that you could sell your management of a band? Just be like, "Hey, I don't want you to do it anymore because I want it. Here's money." You'd be like, <laughs> "Heck no! I would make more money in the long run being the manager of this than up front three point five million pounds." <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a pretty good payday to be like, "No, I'm kind of done with this. I'm gonna take three point five million pounds." Well, I guess that's true. It's just like winning the winning the lottery. You know, are you gonna take the lump sum? Yeah, I mean, or you, you could just be. The... Oh, lump sum, and then you're just gone. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I mean, just... you can almost you can almost live off the interest when it comes to that. Oh, of course, you're. I mean, you're gone like a fart in the wind. Just <laughs> disappear. <laughs> are you sure it's not coming back at you? <laughs> no, that's peeing in the wind. <laughs> oh, that's peeing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> mm, oh boy that's amazing okay moving on so, <laughs> september 25th 1980 led zeppelin's john bonham dies um and i feel like we've talked about this before but i don't remember any of the specifics so i kind of dropped the ball on that uh yeah i think it, it actually came up in this month in history but like a year ago before we started into this month in music history that's ah, when john I think bonham you're right. came up I think you're yep. right. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember so. any of those specifics, so probably should move on. Okay, uh, September twenty eighth, <laughs> nineteen eighty nine. Jimmy Buffett publishes a book of short stories entitled "Tales from Margaritaville." I mean, I don't know about you, but I have never, I have never seen a guy so laid back as Jimmy Buffett. Like, I, I want to kick it with Jimmy Buffett every five o'clock. Oh, I know Jimmy Buffett on every day. Jimmy Buffett is the epitome of chill. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, it just it just seems like that guy doesn't have a stinking care in the world. <laughs> I mean, he performs barefoot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like there there's nobody on planet Earth that just is as content and loves their job as much as Jimmy Buffett does. Yeah. No, man, you really can't beat it's, it. It's fantastic. And then he writes a book about tales from Margaritaville, yeah, which, I be- which I'm pretty sure are just like short stories of things that he encountered, just interesting encounters that he's had, and and uh, <laughs> just kind of brings a smile is, to your face. Is there, <laughs> is there a, a sequel called like uh, A Cheeseburger in Paradise? Would you like fries with that? <laughs> <laughs> he's actually in the works of that. <laughs> oh good he's kind of late on that he's almost 20 years too late <laughs> right <laughs> all right september 29th uh bruce springsteen oh there's no year on this one either poop 
Sorry. Bruce Springsteen decides to impulsively jam with local bar band in Prescott, Arizona. He subsequently played hits like I'm on Fire and other 60s covers. Which is pretty cool, man. I mean, how often are you, like Bruce Springsteen just rolls into a local bar and hears this band playing and he's just like, I'm going to get up and jam with you. I mean, what would you do if if Bruce Springsteen just got on stage? Oh, I'm pretty sure that you just kind of have to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I want to know, like, did he actually just take over the whole stage and then the band was just like, I can't compete with this and just left? Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, I, you could either do, it would go either that way or it would go like, holy cow, it's Bruce Springsteen. This is never going to happen again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm trying to find a date on it. this real quick. I believe uh, if you follow one, one 1989. Nineteen Just after Jimmy Buffett publishes his book of short stories, literally the same year, the day afterwards. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, from what it says, well, I guess I got some information here, so I might as well go with it. Uh, All right. It turns out, I think that was an actual, it was a down year. I think overall sales and publicity for him were pretty far down on the charts. Um, and most of his appearances around this time were actually kind of him just chilling in a bar or something, playing a little music. Um and then that's when it's, this happened uh, on, in 1989 when he joins the band up at a bar. It was actually called Matt's Saloon in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, you're welcome for the free advertising, by the way, uh, Matt, if that is your real name. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yes. What did you say? I missed it. You're saying that his appearances were down. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think you missed quite a bit. <laughs> Audio problems again. Uh, and I already closed the browser because I thought I was done talking. Hmm. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, it's on record, so no need to bring it back. But so pretty nope, much what I got. My autofill's got it. My autofill's got it. Okay. All right. From what I picked up is that Bruce Springsteen was oh, kind of about, out of the line. Uh, he was down. He played mostly in bars at this time. Then he made national news by playing an impromptu performance at Matt's Saloon in Prescott, Arizona. And then I finished up with saying, and also Matt's Saloon, you're welcome for the free advertising. Matt, if that is your real name. <laughs> All right, that's amazing. I'm so sad I missed that, and you had to say it twice for the listeners to hear. But <laughs> super cool. I, I feel like if I had the stature of like Bruce Springsteen, I would definitely want to be able to do this in local places and just jump right up there and have a good time. I think I think it looks really good on you, and and and, and it's heck of fun. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. I, I am positive of that. Like, I mean, as a a successful musician like him, I mean, you've got. Plenty of money to where once you kind of hit your peak and you're coming, you're on the way down, it's so sad to see when big names try too hard to come back with big hits again. Right. Not saying that it doesn't happen and that it can't work out well, 
but sometimes it just seems like people try too hard and they just make themselves look like idiots and so why don't you go this route and then just have a good time just hang out and do kind of like a like public jam sessions and i don't know it's just you've made your money have a good time with it now you know there's yeah literally there is zero stress in your life at this point if you've set yourself up right there's plenty of musicians who burn through all their money and they're broke <laughs> yeah. but i mean if you if you're not a complete idiot then just have a good time with it at that point you know yeah i love it <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us here at Young Nostalgia. Once again, we apologize for the lateness, but we're piecing it together. And it's finally to be able to uh, release episode 48 this month in September for music history. Thank you so much for joining us. A side note, though, one of my good friends back in Ohio, uh, we actually just started talking a little bit Is more. We really got to know. Well, yes, Ben. We, we love Ben. I love Ben. We all love Ben. Ben is Ben. But there's another <laughs> friend of mine that I actually got to know through a mutual friend um, through high school, and he actually has his own podcast called Otaku Brothers, and they're fantastic. Him and his stepbrother um, uh, talk about, or, uh, excuse me, him and his half-brother, or his brother-in-law. Crap. Okay. O- wow, this is Brothers. a hard conversation here. <laughs> this Rusty is difficult. and Ryan. <laughs> His brother-in-law have a have a podcast and they talk about video gaming both now and back then and kind of talk about their experience with video games, everything in between from like Pokemon. They even talk about Harry Potter, Star Wars, just you know a lot of the stuff that we enjoy as well. Um, and they're fantastic. They do a great job. Their chemistry is really awesome. They talk back and forth really well, and their topics are super niche and awesome to listen to um, with their kind of insights. They're great on uh, getting listener questions in and talking about over the uh, over the airwaves for us to kind of enjoy and get viewpoints of who's listening as well, and they address it very well. So they give us a little promo. I want to give them a little shout out. You can find them on Podbean as well as Apple Podcasts at Otaku Brothers. And you'll see their orange logo with the two of them on there. It's a great show. I would definitely give it a listen. So, as always, if you enjoy this... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I I, I was just going to tag a little bit on the end of that. I was just curious, how how long have they been around? I'm just curious about this. I I feel like that's something that, if they've been around for a while, I probably would have found somehow and started listening. Uh, They've been around probably since June, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can send you the link though. They're fantastic. Okay, yeah, go ahead and send that over to me. That'd be that'd be cool. Um, yeah. Also, I think that these guys because I haven't really, I don't really, no one, I didn't talk about this before, and so I'm legitimately asking questions here. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it would be really cool sometime in the future to kind of trade a interview section on that. Like they would do. Whether it's a whole episode or just part of an episode with us as a guest, and then we would do the same with them. I think that could be really cool. I agree, and especially since they they they're they've grown up around the same time we did, they've experienced a lot of the same things. I think it would be great mm-hmm. to have them on. I think they'd have a good insight, whether it be music, video games, or whatever, vice versa. I think that's a great episode idea to come up, and we're definitely going to reach out to them. So they're great guys. Definitely check them out. Again, that's Otaku Brothers. You can find them on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. 
And wrapping it all up, as always, if you enjoy this show, Young Nostalgia, leave us a kind of view on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It means a ton to have you guys' input and voice. Our downloads have grown exponentially, and it's absolutely fantastic to hear from you guys and to know that you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. Um, and you know, you can also find us out there on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you could find your favorite podcasts, we're out there. A quick little shout out, we got Stephanie from Ohio, gave us a nice five-star review saying our podcasts are very professional and entertaining. Stephanie, thank you so much. You guys rock. Um, we got Crystal from Nebraska, actually one of my coworkers that got hooked on Young Nostalgia. She gave us a huge shout out saying that um, she loves hearing wonderful things and our perspective kind of you know makes her see you know, what she lived through back in the day in a little bit different light. So thank you so much for giving us that review, as well as Chris, one of my coworkers as well, that got turned on to the program, says we have a great thing going, great program. He's a super, a super nerd and loves history, <laughs> so he really enjoys us bantering back and forth about things that have happened throughout the past um, and what we enjoy about it. So thank you guys so much, and we have nine reviews total, but three actual, um, you know, written reviews, and then we have... Uh, a, a nine total you know star ratings but thank you guys so much it means a ton we want to hear from you guys our listeners if you have anything you want us to talk about any questions that you want to know about us or how we feel about certain things in the past or what we really enjoy give us an email at young nostalgia 2017 at gmail.com again that's young nostalgia 2017 at gmail.com thank you guys so much for joining us it means a ton we'll be back next week to talk to you once again but Ben, anything else, big guy? No, I don't really have anything else. I think uh, this episode went really well. We did go a little bit long, but we had a lot of fun along the way. Uh, lots of good stuff in the month of September. Uh, lots of good historical points, but also a lot of good stuff to make fun of and have fun talking about. Um, right. Which is what we really enjoy. Um, <laughs> um but nope, I think we uh, I think we nailed it as always. All right, man, absolutely love it. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.